Hey, I'm Jenny. And I'm Hillary, and you can call us... The Garden Tarts. You know, kissing lips and breaking hearts. We have been bestest friends for over 25 years, and we love to talk you too. We've had some super ridiculous adventures, and now this podcast, which is pretty much all opinion with a handful of facts thrown in. Why a YouTube podcast? Because as much as we love talking you two, we know you do too. So sit down, grab a drink, and find us on Instagram and Twitter so we can chat. Okay, we're talking about YouTube's first studio album, Boy. It's a good album. Yeah, it's pretty great. It was actually recorded from July to September of 1980, which is nuts because think about how long it takes to make albums these days. I mean, July to September, nuts. Takes approximately five years now. Something like that. <laughs> um, it hit number, it topped at number 52 on the UK charts and 63 in the US, which actually surprised me a little bit. And it was the 63, number 63 in the U.S. seems to have been attributed mostly to college radio. Is there college radio anymore? I don't think so. Um, yeah, there is. We have college radio stations here. Hmm. Yeah. I just don't know how pop, like, popular they are. Yeah. Well, so the band's name was Feedback for 18 months before they became the hype. And then you 2 when prior just prior to boy those are my fun facts those are wonderful fun facts yeah should we talk about the songs on the album yeah oh it was really i'm sorry it was released yeah. october 1980 so think about that again july starting the album to release in october it, it just blows my mind because i mean the albums now i just that blows my mind but anyway. so they finished it in it's- september and had it ready for release in October. Yeah, but I guess, you yeah. know, the time and money and age and everything buy you um, years to work on an album instead of this is true. Months. You know what else, though? They were playing a lot of these songs live already. Right, right. So, I mean, so they, they, weren't, they weren't new. They, no, and they, they weren't completely written in that time, but, but still, to record an album, still, that seems pretty fast to me but i guess if when it's your first album you don't get a choice whoever's paying the bill it was recorded at windmill lane studios in dublin yes um where where we have been yes and um it was produced by steve lillywhite that's an important thing because i don't think that i think it would have taken them a, a little bit longer to get as recognized if it weren't for a genius producer like Steve Lillywhite. Yes, I can concur on that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So song by song. Song by song. What's um, the first song, Jenny? Hmm. Oh, well, let me check my handy references. <laughs> the first song is a little known tune called I Will Follow. It's a good little ditty. Have you heard of it? I think I have. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Fun fact, it is one of these songs I have heard the most times live. Then I would guess that's the same for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I love the. I love that they bring it back so often. It was the first single off the album, and I do not have any statistics about how well it did, but obviously it did well enough 
to keep the album going on the radio to release more singles. Yeah. I love this song so much. And I don't think it was really until I heard it live a few times that I really that it like fell into like one of my favorite live songs to hear. I agree. I agree with that. My um my brother Will, who rarely gives any sort of U2 compliment, says it's his favorite live song aside from Sunny Blaze Sunny because he likes drums. But we went to see 360 in Charlottesville and he was like, oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited here. I will follow. And I'm just like, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Oh, there wouldn't, there wouldn't, I will follow. I knew that wasn't coming on. Oh, almost any other tour. <laughs> I know, right? He, he's pl- heard it plenty, but that was just a, he just said it like right away. He said it, his favorite part is just watching people like, bounce yeah (laughs) it's so crazy because the song like i mean so many of the songs are so multi-dimensional and like what they're actually about yeah but we all if you're listening to this you probably know that bono's mom passed away when he was a young teen and um this song and many that follow are about that time period but to think about the like the people jumping around and having so much fun yes. during the song. And I, my note on here is, I hope we can say bad words on here, but yes. this, to me, this song is a mind fuck because it's like the music and the lyrics just do not match. They don't match. Which is fine because I like Peppy and I like Deep, but when you think about, you know, and I like sitting in my car, I'm just like, you know, and then you start thinking about what the lyrics are, which is just torturous. I know. But so Bono has said something, I've heard him say this a handful of times, that that's like what makes a pop song so good is when you can mix those emotions. Like when it's not just like one, it's not all joy or all sadness or this or that, that it's a mix of it. And I don't know, it's it's pretty amazing at such a young age that they're able to. It it is, but it's also like I listen to it and then I listen to newer albums I listened to um, Songs of Innocence and it's crazy because I guess when you have a loss that young it kind of makes you it kind of puts you in a state of arrested development if you may yes you may (laughs) which (laughs) which suits a job in our rock and roll band pretty well yep yeah so and again it's I one of my other notes was that it's kind of compartmentalized that you know when I hear it live I don't think of the sorrow and pain in the song because it's just so bouncy I know right yeah um and they sure as heck enjoy playing it that's for sure sure seems like a fun one to sing and play it yeah just because it really does it's it's such a I don't know it makes me happy that song to hear it live at least but but the other thing is and, and this is theme that I think I know I'll touch on throughout the album, but that a few things is that this is not, this album is not mixed and not overly produced, which, I mean, I don't think that's always a bad thing, but I don't think you 2s had anything like that since Octone Baby. Everything is just, you know, everything's so produced these days and so mixed, again, which is why they have to 
you know, take months in the studio to finish an album because there's a whole lot more than, you know, a bass guitar, a electric guitar and drums and a singer these days. It's a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, like the perfection aspect is. Yeah. Like there's yeah. Not, um, I remember and we'll talk about that coming like down the road. But I remember when we first heard Songs of Innocence, we were like, this is so squeaky clean sound wise. Yeah. Like where's the, right. the 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 proverbial edge <laughs> right <laughs> obviously he's there the other thing with that though is we're listening a cleaner edit than the original album i mean ours is re- the one i'm listening to is remastered yes and the I mean- one i've been listening to in reference for this podcast is remastered so yeah and i remember with with the beatles albums before those were remastered you could hear people talking in the background right. and stuff it, it was so messy and we're talking about this as it being, you know, so like raw, and we're still hearing the remastered. One. Right. I listened so, to both actually. Some of the remastered stuff, I was like, that just sounds it's like it's it's not what I, you know, grew up no, with listening no. to them. So. No, but on the on the remaster, there is a version of "I Will Follow" that is so fast. Yes. Like, I can't even imagine. There's no way they could play that. No. Live. It's, like, as fast as I will follow is. This is, like, in, like, supersonic mode. Okay, my other thing in this, I guess, is just for the whole album, too. But that we have to remember, like, we're, you know, at least I started listening to you 2 when they were well into their career and were adults and had been doing this for a few years this is written by children. Children. Yeah. And children. No one in this, you know, when they were recording this, I guess Bono and Adam were the oldest at 20, but they, I mean, the songs have been around for a while. So when you think about who, these are literal children that wrote these lyrics and wrote this music. And it just, to me, seems like, how is that even possible that, I mean, when I was when I was that age, I I couldn't be, I couldn't do any. I mean, I couldn't even have my crap together to get to a studio on time. Right. Probably, um, not that I do now either. But anyway, as I was listening to the album to prepare for this, and because of course I've listened to this album like a thousand times. Yeah, but I've never <laughs> done it with the intent of talking about it. Right. So it was a really different listen and the lyrics and stuff, and I just kept thinking like. I have never been a teenage boy going through any of this. No. <laughs> like, I don't understand no. the majority of this. Like, No, and, and that's the other thing that, and I think that, I think that this is something that also, I didn't write this down, but it just kind of is coming to me. But you know, the rage in a teenage boy is just not something that I could ever. No. I mean, I sh- when I was a teenager, I was sure I was angry about stuff, but I don't think that my... I dropped you. <laughs> I don't think that... Are you okay, Jenny? I'm okay. So, friends and fans, what you don't know is that we are not together. So, <laughs> we are simultaneously recording this while FaceTiming so we can actually talk. <laughs> like, and she, like, friggin' dropped me on the floor. She dropped her on the floor. Feeling. Are you okay, Jenny? I'm okay. To get an okay. ice cap. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a pretty, it was a pretty big fall. I thought I had my cord long enough to. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. Okay. So the rage and and the the other kind of 
thing about that is Bono just sang about that in Love is Bigger, that, you know, the rage in you is strong, like talking to his son. But then I just read this, that, that little article with Noel Gallagher about Bono's son's band inhaler. And he said that they started off pretty angry and now they've like come down yeah. a little bit from that. And I, that to me is just mind blowing because I hear in boy, I hear, I hear, you know, four angry boys basically. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, but anyway, I just thought that was interesting because you're right. That's not something we could ever, we could ever understand. No. That. And we both, we've never been through, well, Maybe it's different now. A uh, country, a violent country, I guess. As teenagers, <laughs> we weren't living in a violent country, and no. we both still have our parents. And yeah. we've had pretty. Um, I mean, the lives that you know, the life that Bono had at fourteen was more than we've ever known. Anyway, ever. so it is ever, ever. yeah. So on um, in our forties. FYI, that's how old we are, if you don't know what's up. Uh, I, so I googled um, YouTube Boy and Rolling Stone magazine to see if there was anything that kind of, any quotes or anything that just kind of jumped out at me. And I found this this little, I guess it's like a blog review kind of thing that Bono did in Rolling Stone within the past um, 10 years or so, I think. And it it's interesting. He says that his exact quote is, you can have everything, the songs, the production, the face, the attitude, but still not have it. And then he said, you two had nothing but it. <laughs> yeah. And so my, my response to that is kind of, you know, if you build it, they will come. So, I mean, that's totally backwards of any sort of reasonable way to start a band oh absolutely usually you look good and that's why you start a band or you sound right, good that's, and that's why you right no right but I just thought that was really that was really very profound in a way only Bono could be right that profound but I just I thought that was fascinating and it kind of you know when you go when you talk about it it kind of makes me I don't know, go kind of in the way of, of discussing punk and where they stood in, you know, the punk timeline. And I, t- I talked to my brother about this a little bit and he had some really good insight too, but it, you know, I can, I call them post-punk and that's what I, that's how I always described you two, they're, they're post-punk. It was like they, they were in this weird punk bubble where they couldn't I guess quite get in there and then fought it but then just finally gave up and kind of went with it and I will follow is like a perfect example of that so when I discussed it with my brother he was like you know hipster millennial friends that he have has will go out and get on the dance floor for joy division and gang of four but they can't get around I will follow because it's you two. And I was just kind of unfair, but my brother also had a, had really deep insight that that's kind of the perfect example of what happens when you don't die young. Right. Yeah. Because you, you keep making music and you keep evolving and that's not popular, especially 
in punk. So, you know, I think that's, I thought that was really, really, really profound. And I thank my brother Jeremy for discussing that with me. But, you know, and it also is, I think Bono kind of touched on that, you know, when he said in the lyric from uh, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, that um, they want their money back if you're alive at 33. Like, it's just not... Yeah, like society just does not embrace a aging band that that keeps or that tries to stay relevant. It's so true. They um, like you know the the quote like to burn out or to fade away. Like the punk rocker, like yeah, they either like died young or they like went out in flames or like yes. a fight, <laughs> like a literal fight in the band right, just right. disbanded probably on stage. Right. I agree. Like I think of them as post punk too, but so heavily influenced by it. Cause punk was still going on. And I truly believe they tried a bit to be punk, maybe even in just like their looks, like trying I read something funny somewhere about Bono showing up at school one day. It's like the first punk kid at school with crazy tight pants and a leather jacket and like something stringing from his nose to his ear. <laughs> just like, I mean, stop, just stop there. there. There's no more that I've ever read. But it's like the attitude was there. Oh, and he he said something else about people like. Like, like punk was seen as something like on the surface, you know, it was like the rebellion was, you know, in your spiked hair and your piercings or your clothing or this or that. But it was so much more of you could look the part, but if it wasn't in your attitude, which was just more rebellion than anything, mm-hmm. then it wasn't punk. So in the rebellious way on the north side of Dublin, they were punk in that way, but their music they learned pretty quickly that they couldn't conform to something. They had to follow their it, I guess. Right. But, you know, maybe, right, follow their it. But maybe they... I feel like we're, this is so maybe, deep. This is... Maybe, though, and I, I have... This is interesting, too, though. I just thought of this. I feel like um, <laughs> they... Maybe they maybe they really thought that they were on the, like, the frontier of punk. Because I think that the north side of Dublin has always been about 10 years behind <laughs> the rest of the world. <laughs> so maybe what, what they just didn't know it was post-punk yet. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Right? Like, they just didn't know that it was over, that punk, <laughs> punk was done. It, and they <laughs> it had left Ireland and like shipped off to London long ago. And they, right. was, and they were like, <laughs> let's try this new thing. <laughs> yeah, we invented punk. Because <laughs> we haven't heard it yet. Because we're on the north side of Dublin where, you know, we don't get good radio signals. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. There are urchins running in the street. And we don't even know what kind of, if we should drink the water. Yeah, don't drink the water. No, don't drink the water. <laughs> There's blood in the water. <laughs> Wrong band. Something. Um, right. I'm really glad that <laughs> I feel like we were going to some pretty deep music critic-like pretentious waters. And I'm glad that that we 
that we jumped out of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, how far can, how deep can you get when you're talking about the North side? I don't know. And this is just the us inside joke that I don't see any need to go to the North side of Dublin, except to go to the airport. I know. It's just a little, it's a little questionable over there. Dubai. But the South side. Or Dubai stamps. Really... Yes. <laughs> the, the south side is just nice and clean. You and can't perfect. buy stamps on the south side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there's kind of a famous post office there on the yeah. south side, too. On the north side. Is there a famous um, post office on the south side? Yeah. In the, G- in the GPO. On the it's on the north, north side. South... Oh, I got turned around then. Never mind. <laughs> it's on the north side. I was like, wait, there's another one? Yeah, that's on the north side. Well, that it that makes sense that it would be on the north side for some reason. I thought it was on the south side, but yeah, I could be wrong. It's all good. I don't know my. Yeah. Yeah, I was just I there. Know. Yeah, I know, right? I went and bought you stamps. Yeah, I I took a nap. Thank you. It was all good. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait to talk about that. That's many episodes away. Yeah. Okay. Are, are, are we going to wrap up? I will yeah, I think we're because we could talk. I think I've gotten yeah. everything. But who's to say later I won't come up with something yeah. else and we'll just visit it again. Exactly. So the next track is Twilight. So Twilight, I think, is creepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's a creepy song about men following boys, an old man trying to walk the narrator home. But is it but literal I- or is it? I don't know. I didn't read that much about it. I I did though. What they say in the book here was that it it's about I don't know, but they were misinterpreted to think that it was people misinterpreted to think that it was homosexual. Oh, and like this whole album was like the homosexual yeah. communities what uh theme song. <laughs> like, yeah. They were like finally <laughs> someone's singing about us. Right. Um, which is, you know, not the case. Yeah. But with this particular song, just creeps me out. I mean, I just, I certainly hope that wasn't a common occurrence that old men tried to walk Bono home. I don't know. I feel like that would be a whole other album. Yeah. So I take <laughs> it as like the whole like the thought of someone like walking home. Like beside from that line, like the whole in the shadow boy meets man. Yeah, I feel like is a very, to me, that's a very much like a Bonoism of finding yourself in the different parts of life. So I, I, I don't take, take it, I don't that take it kind so literally. Find I kind of take that a little bit differently. Like, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying about different parts, but not really of life. I just think there's there's. I don't know. I mean, I'm reading. I'm reading it too, literally. But it just sounds like all kinds of pedophilia kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, Edge has an awesome solo. <laughs> absolutely awesome. Let's just yeah. <laughs> also, I I have a list of songs, which they're more that I'll get to another time. But I have a list of songs that I think that if if Bono was ever gonna have a like a um residency in vegas like a lounge solo yeah app. this this song would be really good i mean i get the yeah, yeah i can see that with you have like a beret <laughs> and a, yeah. a, a beret 
beret and a cigar yeah cigar something like that maybe not a beret maybe like um i don't know but there's definitely a hat there definitely needs to be and some kind of scarf i'm sure a cravat (laughs) (laughs) oh god let's change the yeah can we get out of that (laughs) i don't want that in my head oh my gosh maybe we should just go on oh can we get through the next song yeah because the next song is not my favorite, let alone it, to talk it, about. No, and <laughs> I, I wrote, I started off with um, my little synopsis. <laughs> so there's a cat and a bird. The cat lures the bird to, to play with it and then kills it and then sleeps beside it. That's all you got to know. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. So I never really, and I never gave in this song really a second thought because it's just like, it's a little too dark and arty and off key for me. Like I just, there's something about the tone and the key it's in that I just doesn't move me to want to know it. So I think we both found in doing our research about it, that it's about sex and in a way that maybe we just don't want to feel we'll talk about. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I kind of feel like maybe you should say that. (laughs) Okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is. And reading about the song, and I do think it's important. I don't like to think about my, you know, the, the guys in the band are my uncles, and I don't like to think about them in any sort of, promiscuous promiscuous way but apparently this was this absolutely is a song about sex there's not there's not like um reading between the lines or anything it's just flat out that someone in the band cheated on his girlfriend or they were on a break and he felt bad about it but you just can't even like say who it is (laughs) it's bono (laughs) (laughs) I was just, I was just protecting his innocence. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, yeah. And just for note, we're very crude people. <laughs> we don't, oh yeah, yeah. We don't mind the sex talk. It's just funny when you're talking about people. Oh yeah, like I your, just, like was, your uncle, like you said. Right. It, that's if it if we were talking about somebody else having sex or something, we can totally do that. It's just you know we don't want to think of parental figures. Um, and it just shocked me because I never thought about it. Never thought about it. I was like, it. wait, I never, what? Ever. And then I read it and I was no, like, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> listening to, right? Exactly. Oh. oh that. Oh, oh. Got it. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. But, but so, okay, about this song, I, I do like it. Um, and it's just so haunting. And I feel like it would be a, re- on a really good, it would be good for a soundtrack, some really gory murder scene in a movie. Yeah. Like, it's just, you hear it, and the music's just deep and dark. Oh, it's amazing. When I say that, like, it just doesn't do anything for me, that's just, like, a personal preference. I think it's an amazing song. Yeah. Um, And then the transition, how it transitions into the next song is just gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it is, but this is so, this was one of my notes, but I'm like, okay, the guitar, we even say that, we can say that the song was... Ankata. Do we say that? Oh, <laughs> to introduce the song. 
<laughs> we were so traumatized. It is the third on cat dub, which means the black, black cat. cat. Okay, so <laughs> so <laughs> we are not good at this, Jen. <laughs> That's the beauty of it all. It is. Um, it's, it's art. It's art. If you don't know what it is, it must be art. Art. Yeah. So what I said was those the guitar. It, it's just so complex and creepy. My comment was, "What dark layer of hell was was Edge born <laughs> into at such a young age to learn how to coax maniacal out of a guitar?" Because that's what it sounds oh, like. To coax maniacal out of a guitar. That's re- I feel like that's very profound. That's oh, when you're supposed yeah. to laugh at me because I sound pretentious. <laughs> hey, that's pretentious. I know it, right? I'm I'm ashamed that I I said it, but I kind of feel like it's um, yeah. And then my my next comment was, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> you can't even. That's just, I wrote myself a note and I said that just made me sound like a douche. <laughs> okay, um, I think it sounded very profound and like um, music critic e. In right. a douchey kind of way. Well, I mean, that's what that's what they're supposed to sound like. Yeah, this is fine because I I read everything they say. So, yeah. okay, into the heart is the next tune. Transitions, but it's like it's all one track, kind of. I mean, well, it's not, not if you on the CD. if you hit next, but if you listen to it, there's no break. Right. And I think they did that. If I read correctly, remember correctly, they did that on the album because that's just what they did in concert. They liked how it flowed together yeah. in their shows. Yeah. Is that right? I believe so. So it just made sense to do that on the album. It's so amazing to me that these songs are just like next to each other, though, because Into the Heart is just, it's just, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that I've paid more attention to it this time because I don't think I ever really realized. Yeah. It's so like slow and controlled. And kind of such a, I don't know, talking about like going into the heart of a child, like going back to like a happy place, right? which I don't know, that could be seen as good, like as happy or sad. On like one hand, it's like if life sucks and you have to do that, it stinks that you have to like step back, but also to have that option right? to think back to happier times and more innocent times. It's kind of a nice thing. It it is, and I mean they obviously revisit that theme on future yeah. albums as well. One of the things that I read about is that Bono was talking about how they didn't really they didn't really care about lyrics. It wasn't the words were it wasn't on the agenda. Yes, and that you know they just say like hang on a minute and let me figure this out or whatever. But which again is mind blowing to me because the lyrics are so good, right? Like. Yeah, like the fact that I mean, I guess that was just the that was like the punk thing of the times, like the music or the lyrics. Just was, the music was important. Almost. The lyrics were always yeah. But it just it it may, I think about there's some uh, documentary about Bob Dylan, and they ask him like, um, you know, what he what he would like to be described as, and he's like, I'm a musician, and whoever was interviewing him was like, but what? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, I like to think of myself firstly as a musician and then a lyricist. And 
dude, he won Nobel Prize for literature. I was gonna say, I think of him as a poet. Like he is a poet, and and in that, in the same, the same as Bono. But like, I think though Bono does is now aware of his gift of songwriting, where maybe Bob Dylan. I hope Bob Dylan doesn't think of himself as a vocalist because <laughs> that is not true. That he is not does true. Orate his words in a song-like fashion yes <laughs> but he's not known for his um heights yeah he's operatic his, <laughs> his range yeah um another thing about boy in general is is bono's voice and at different times um <laughs> i listen and i'm like man who told him he could sing and like nobody nobody <laughs> no one told him he could sing but i mean he he obviously has worked on it a whole lot but it to me it's just it it's interesting cuz almost all of these songs are in such i mean i don't know anything about music but from what i hear it sounds like it's it's a whole lot more of a lower octave than he's comfortable singing right like it's like he's struggling to sing as low as they wrote the songs in at least on boy i think i mean maybe i don't know anything about i really don't know that maybe i don't know anything about music but that's what i hear like he's trying to make his voice deeper but then i remember in an interview with him years and years ago where he said in the early stuff he thought he sounded like an old british lady singing <laughs> yeah but i get british because i definitely it, whatever reason he decided to scrap his Irish accent at least on boy and adopt a British yes. accent which soon you know he he scrapped all that but um, <laughs> all together all together but anyway that's my well he said I remember him saying something about hearing Joey Ramone sing and about he, and then he was like oh my gosh it's okay for us to sing like girls <laughs> like, or I mean, I don't right? know what the exact quote is at all, but like, oh, oh, it's okay. Like, but like, you know, and when I was when I was a kid, and this is interesting because when I was a kid, I kind of took the Ramones as like a fake band. Like, I know this sounds nuts, but it just seemed like they were mocking other bands. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, but I mean, it that wasn't the case because i mean they were the forerunners of that but just i was coming from you know a later time and to me it looked like they were like like the monkeys and the beetles or kind of kind of like that you know like it just seemed like they were they were mocking right no i can a a band but it's interesting yeah it's interesting to me though that anyway they're you know bonnie talks about Ramones all the time, but I get that with the voice. But I'll, who told Joey Ramone that he could sing? <laughs> no one. No one. <laughs> the same people that told Bono he could sing. No one. People, no one. Apparently yeah. works very well for both of them. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it always yeah. works well for both of them. Hey there, listeners. If you're a YouTube fan, you are more than likely aware of the work that Bono has done and continues to do in Africa. It's amazing work, and the exciting thing is you can get involved too. There are two simple ways. One, go to one.org and sign up to fight against extreme poverty. Two, 
Visit red.org to shop. What? Shopping helps? It sure does. By purchasing Red branded products, you are contributing to the Global Fund, which supports HIV AIDS grants in many African countries. As your man says, where you live should not decide whether you live or whether you die. So head on over to one.org and red.org to join the Garden Tarts in doing our part to end AIDS. Okay, so the next track is Out of Control. Out of Control. I continually forget how much I like this song. Like, head over heels, love this song. And um, it was fun. I went through the songs and, like, I went on the database online to see, like, how often I've heard some of these songs. Because I think of that as one that I've heard a bunch, and I haven't. It's not, it's always I Will Follow. Right. This one was, like, seven times I've heard. Really? Yeah. I don't have mine pulled up, but that sounds like a really low number. Um, so it's not seven out of. Go ahead and say how many shows you've been to. Seven out, out of fifty. Yeah. And so hindsight, I've heard I will follow thirty-seven times. So is the number one song Pride? Probably. It was where the streets of no name, but and then, but then the Joshua Tree tour happened. No, and then um, yeah, and then after, yeah. and then there has not been Pride no. or Streets since then. No, it's probably as pride. I'd have to pull it up. Uh, it, I mean, mine. I lost like whatever after the second experience and in innocence. So I think pride took up took the yeah. There, I mean, I think there were maybe like two shows I didn't hear pride. I could not remember what they were for anything, but right. Because I, I never remember not hearing. I might look real quick. It's okay. just now I want to know what the number one is. But out of control. Oh my gosh. When I think about how much I love hearing I Will Follow and then I hear Out of Control and I'm like, no, this is like my number one song on this album. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's it's in my top 10, probably it's in, definitely in my yeah. top 10 of all time. It's, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind yeah. that this is my favorite song. And if we can go so, back to like the juxtaposition there that like the two things, so out of control, Bono wrote it. He woke up on his morning of his 18th birthday and realized that there are two things in life that you have no control over, and that's when you live and when you die. And the song is written in this joyous way, in my mind, that is if like this is actually kind of freeing. Like, why worry about it? Right. Holy shit, he was really worrying about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like this I is mean, not actually a good thing. No, it's one day I'll die. The, one day I'll die. The choice will not be mine. Will it be too late? You can't fight fate. That's just so. That is not the word. Those aren't the words of an eighteen-year-old. No. It's someone far beyond their age. Fun fact, though the <laughs> the lyric is Monday morning, eighteen years of dawning. Yeah. I looked it up because for some reason I like to prove things wrong. <laughs> and um, the morning of Bono's 18th birthday was a Wednesday, <laughs> not a Monday. Yeah, poetic license. I know. Do I get laugh at you now for being pretentious? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I. <laughs> but I feel like. But I mean, he's also he's never one for facts early yeah. morning april 4 yeah but 
I, Wednesday definitely does not sound as good as Wednesday Monday. Morning. So for yeah. art's sake, I give him that. It's okay. Yeah, I'll forgive him. Perhaps. I'll forgive him for that one. Yeah. We might have to send a memo. Okay, there, we should send a memo. Send a memo. I looked it up a couple times, too, in case, like, maybe somewhere I had it wrong or whatever. But I, I think I asked Alexa. Oh, and she said, she's very smart. She is very did smart. Did you just turn off? Did you just turn on Amazon devices across the country? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Anything you want to buy? <laughs> we should put a warning. Warning, don't listen to this without headphones if you're around the her. Her who shall not be named. <laughs> um, side note, Pride and One are tied for 49 times. Really? One show that I did not hear Pride and one show I did not hear One. I wonder what those shows were. I don't know. One day I'll find out. Will it be too late? <laughs> there were times during Innocence and Experience that One was not always played, I think. No, and I did not see a lot of those shows. And I remember the first one I saw was really, I really liked that song. So I was really excited that mm-hmm. they played it. So my guess is that it was during that tour. I'll have to look. I feel like, um, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, for the sake of a podcast, I think I've said everything I need to say about Out of Control, but I feel like I could write a book about it to no end. And I, before we go into, do you have any more to say about the nuts about I will follow before we move on or out of control? I mean, that's what I meant. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Oh. I just thought maybe I'd correct I you I'm... since that. Thank you. You're welcome. Really pretentious, but um, <laughs> okay. So this is something else that really, when I like growing up in the '80s and the '90s, and I listened to everything that was that's ever said about rock and roll i was just obsessed with anything rock and roll Mm -hmm. i read every page of rolling stone and all of the people that i was referring to earlier as being pretentious all talk about a concept album it was like this myth at the time in the 80s and 90s there weren't a whole lot of concept albums you know a concept album being like a cohesive theme that goes throughout the album and I mean the classics obviously of those are The Wall and Ziggy Stardust, Sgt. Pepper and Tommy which is obviously to me the big one but in the 80s and 90s that wasn't really a common thing and no one I never like I heard people talk about YouTube over and over and over again especially you know as a kid I just anything that said YouTube I read it and I'm sorry, but Boy is like the most concept album I could ever think of all the way through. It's. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to me, it just, it really, I mean, they, they get there. I I guess you can look at, you can look at a lot of their albums as being close, you know, like, but whatever, you know, Bono says this is going to be a pop album. This is not a pop (laughs) album. This is going to be a techno album. This is not, you know, like they go into these themes and they they don't hold on, you know, straight guitar. This is going to be a heavy guitar album or whatever. And they get pretty close. But I don't buy, I mean, Joshua Tree, I think probably people think of that as a concept album, but I don't because I think we know those songs as being rooted in, the U.S. and you know rooted in you know the 
desert and all that. But if you really listen to the words, almost none of the songs actually talk about that theme at all. Yeah, it's like the music is inspired by right, but by it's those not, things, but it's not lyrically. No, and I think that, uh, and the next one that I think I think Songs of Innocence is is absolutely a concept album yeah. as well. I don't really think that Songs of Experience is, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I think the only two like straight up concept albums that YouTube had are, are Boy and Songs of Innocence. But I mean, obviously the theme, the cohesive concept of Boy is Boy. Yeah. You know, is, is youth, male youth. And, and that's 100% solidly a concept where... I just, I don't know, but I used to hear people on the radio all, all the time talking about, you know, that, whatever, the death of the concept album. And no one ever, ever mentioned that Boy was a concept album, which kind of then brings us into our next song, but can we, which is called... Yeah, please, real quick. Like, like, that's, like, so simple, but also, like, so profound. I'm really happy to have heard that theory. Like, that's... I feel like that's really cool. And I want to go with on that is that Bono has said that before they had any of those songs written down, they already knew the, al- the, bo- al- the album was going to be called Boy. It really is a concept. Yeah. Album. Like they yeah. already knew the name of the album was always called Boy. Right. Even before right. they were in the recording studio. But I guess they had I... the songs. Right. Right. I but... didn't. I, I never. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. But still, I just had never. I never just piece that together. I really, I like that. Right. Thank you for sharing. Oh, no problem. I just, I always, I mean, like, like after this, like, I think, um, and I don't know the album all that well, but people have since, boy, obviously, since, you know, in the 90s, there were more concept albums. Like, off the top of my head, I think Smashing Pumpkins, um, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I think that's a concept album. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know the album forwards and backwards, but I remember hearing it the first time and saying, "Oh my God, this is a concept album." I don't, I don't think concept albums are at all necessary. I just think that it's interesting that they exist, but that also there really was a good twenty years or so where just no one did that, right? Or anyone that that got on the charts that I was able to hear right. no one no one did that though soul cages oh that's a concept album yeah I think stings um for those who I don't know it, that's a sting album yeah I guess it is I'd have no, to go listen not, to it again yeah let's do that let's do that one day okay I think that is but um I don't know I could think about this I could think about this forever, but it's basically just every song has to do with a common thread. Yeah. And teenage boy. Teenage boy. Um, anyway, that's my, I, I spent a whole page, by the way. That's amazing. Of like, yeah. Of talking about the concept album, because I just, I'm. Now I understand why you have so many notes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, what are you writing? I know. <laughs> but you were saying you had a nice segue into the next song. Yes. Which is <laughs> I even I even wrote it. Enter stories for boys. Oh, and I interrupted it. <laughs> I did like stage notes. I did blocking. 
<laughs> okay. Um, the next song is Stories for Boys. Would you like to start that? I have four bullet points about this song. You have what? Four bullet points about this song. Okay. Which I'm saying is, is just not a lot. Because it is a song that I love. I really like it, but I just can't grasp it. I have written down that it is a classic. <laughs> I have written down that my interpretation is that this is like all things like to escape into. So it's like, um, oh, I wish I had the lyrics in front of me. But it's like literally like whether it's comic books or this or that, it's like things that boys can escape into to maybe like step out of the how hard life is right. at that time. This is another song that was seen as a gay anthem, very much so by the gay community. The fun fact, Paul McGinnis, their longtime manager, was convinced that it was a song about masturbation. So I guess you can escape into that too. Oh. I don't know. I mean, hearing him say that, I can read the lyrics and be like, uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a stretch. But then again, I was never a teenage boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This, though... So I came up, I don't, I just don't have a lot to say. No, but so this is, this is the thing. Again, I I wonder, I can't imagine, but you know, when these songs were written in 1980, I can't imagine that Bono thought that he would still be singing these songs, like, you know, as a older gentleman, instead of being a boy as an old man instead of being a boy like I really like you know I and I think I off the microphone I think we discussed this recently that that's a question I would love to ask him like if you told 1980 Bono that he would be 58 59 years old and still singing the songs from being a teenager yeah what would he I don't know that that's something that could even be comprehensible. Yes, is it? He would say yes. He, I think he would too, because I mean that was his. Somebody asked him. It was a picture of him from being a kid, and someone asked him, "What would you say to that version of you?" And his response was, uh, "You're right. Mm-hmm. Like all the things that you think that you want, you're right. Like you're you're doing everything right. Like everything's right." Yeah. But that yeah. said. I think that's a little different than I don't know. I mean, there, there's also an interview I read with Edge from I think around oh no, what I think it's in Bill Flanagan's book at the end of the world, and he said I think we Edge said I think we have a good ten years left in us. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that was like early nineties. Yeah, that ship sailed. So I thought that was really interesting. So I, I don't know, but. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I also, I look, I read too much of this stuff, but I also read an interview with Mick Jagger who said, I'll tell you one thing as a kid, he was like, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to be doing this when I'm <laughs> six years old. And he's like pushing 80. Right. Yeah. So he was wrong. He was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love this song. I do. I actually love this song, but Oh, I don't know. The lyrics to me just sound kind of smart and dumb at the same time, but yeah. like, I think that's again a youth yeah. thing. Like um, they just weren't important. 
Yeah, they weren't. Um, but I love Bono and Edge's uh, harmonizing. Oh, yeah. And the bass, which I don't think I, I know I don't give Adam enough credit for like holding what he the, does because like most the of the time. <laughs> the what? Like holding the melody together like he tends right, to. Ex- right. Exactly. I don't know, but I have a, I sometimes have a hard time hearing bass. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, I don't know. It's just, I mean, obviously it's the heart of the song, but I, I still sometimes having a, have a hard time pulling out a bass line or something. Again, I know nothing about music. I feel like it's so integral and such the foundation that you just, it's just there. It's like, it's there. It's what right. you know. Yeah. Like it's, I thought, oh, oh what? this is another thing that I was if you listen this I thought this is another technology thing but I listen to this song with headphones on like over and over and over and it sounds to me like it it was recorded like in a live room instead of like tracks oh interesting yeah and I don't know again I don't know if that's accurate or not or if I'm using the wrong terminology but when you listen to the song it sounds like the drums are further away. Oh, I'll have to listen than, again. Yeah, than anything, than everything else. And again, when you have these, you know, super mixed albums, you don't hear any of that because ev- everything is on its own track. Right. So you can raise the volume of one or the other. But this is the only, I don't know, and I could, I, I might be using the wrong tech, you know, techie terms, but to me, it just sounds like they're in one room recording and that's that there's not you know it's not tracks it's not you know people in different areas because it just sounds like the drums are far back from everything else right but... i'll have to listen oh gosh oh so when i hear this song the only the thing the picture i have in my head is there's a a video like a music video for this song mm-hmm. and bono's like his little like moppy hair is like bouncing around mm-hmm. i don't know i just see this cute little boy like, <laughs> like yeah. with a big smile on his face singing like some, probably some really fucked up lyrics like I don't know <laughs> right <laughs> well should we segue into the next song I think we should which is the ocean so I hadn't listened to this that I can remember on headphones since you mentioned that in a while and maybe this is I feel like this is something I should have noticed before but I hadn't noticed the like creaking boats in the background and like the seaside sounds before I just hadn't paid attention to that I don't know that I've noticed yeah listen to it on headphones you can like hear that like creaking of like a wooden boat or maybe like a dock or something it's a nice little touch yeah I guess they used to open their shows with this song I love this song and I love the I love seeing it I love that they played it live for E and I. It was yeah. just a good transition. Right. Um, well, so again, me being whatever, I heard when I heard this song, I, I was again, you know, much younger and not very well read. And hearing this song made me want to read uh, the picture of Dorian Gray because that's what's mentioned right. in the lyric of the song. And I'm like, I'm going to be you know, smart and artsy like Bono and I'm going to read the book. And like years and years later, I listened to the song and I'm like, I read that book. And like the only thing, you know, where I wanted to be smart and artsy like Bono is as an adult 
I look back at the song and I'm like, man, we were both pretentious. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is such a pretentious song. That line, what is it? It's like, I have it written down. It's, um, I felt the world would go far if they just listened to what I say. Like, it's such an egotistical, but also very teenage line. Like, yeah. teenage line. And I remember reading um, him saying about that line that, you know, it's pretty ballsy of him to say it because everyone's thinking it about themselves. Right. Like, it's not like he's the only one with such a thought. Because I'm sure we all remember some point as a teenager, be like, why not? Like, I've got all the best ideas or like, just listen to me. Right. <laughs> that can change the world when they're like, you're just a teenager. Exactly. No, that's. I that's really that's really profound Jenny so the guitar in the song is just blows my mind I just feel like it's so well developed was this the one that with the echo machine no that yeah that's a day without oh that's oh that's coming up yeah yeah at Um, some point that changes yeah um but this but the guitar in the ocean it's just I don't know, mesmerizing to me. And again, it's the edge was, you know, far beyond. He it's like years with them. It's like he heard all these sounds in his head and he figured out how to create them. Yeah. And it's and I don't know, it's weird. It's like having another singer in the band. Like it's, it's the, not like his guitar doesn't actually carry the melody of the songs. He's right. just making more music. Like, it's amazing. It, it is. It's the, and again, I feel pretentious for saying this, but um, it's the it's the Thunder Road lyric, uh, Springsteen, where he says, I got this guitar and I learned how to make it talk. Yeah. I mean, I think all good guitar players make their, I mean, I like it at least when they make their guitar into another entity of the band entirely aside from like the music it's making right absolutely instead of being like the chords that yeah like are like the melody of the song or something like it's amazing okay so i'm gonna be honest with you here that i don't have any more notes so i'm winging the rest of it okay. so i doubt i'll come up with anything um, <laughs> you don't have any more pretentious things for me to laugh at probably not okay well um, should we go on to a day without me yes I hadn't really like read up much on this song until I was preparing for this. So I was always like, dude, if my friends started, like, I hope they were checking up on him. <laughs> like, because the song's about, you know, if I killed myself, would anyone miss me? Right. And it turns out this was an experience that one of Bono's friends or their friends was having. So it's written about someone else. So I was like, phew. Right. Because I'm like, shit, like, you know, I think that's a pretty big cry for help. <laughs> If that's yeah, um, I would think so. But again, it's like this poppy, peppy melody about like youth suicide. <laughs> like, would y'all notice if I was dead? Right. That you know, mixing all these different emotions into this happy poppy song is just blows my mind. I think one of Bono's greatest lyrics is the start of this song starting a landslide in my ego I yeah. just I, God, I love that um, absolutely yeah and that may be personal too yeah no that goes I, for both absolutely. 
But I mean, I think it's before I read up on, I mean, obviously it was a song about not being around before I read up about it. I didn't really get the whole, you know, vibe of it. But I mean, it's, I think that's a natural kind of, I mean, take out the suicide part. I think it's a natural question to wonder, you know, like a day without me. Like, I mean, I think that, you know, in the back of your mind, everybody, you know, wants to know who's going to be at their funeral kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be able to, it would be nice to know what people think of you without not being there, I guess. I think that's what I've gotten from I don't know. That's my take on on the song. Obviously, it, it's about suicide, but that's you know, if you could, there could be a day without you, but you could still see what was going on. Right. That'd be okay. That'd be really interesting. It really hurt my feelings. I know. Right? <laughs> I don't know if I would take that up or not. I don't think I would. I hate you guys. <laughs> or like they just don't even realize. Like, oh no, she's not here. Did you- <laughs> I didn't realize. Did you notice? I didn't even know. Wow. Oh, you were gone. Oh. Right. I don't have much else to say about that one. I don't. I either. like it. I like. It's, I like it too. I like the tune and I like the poppiness of it. Yeah, it's an enjoyable song. Another time, another place is the next track, and I have a hard time wrapping my head around this one. I just can't. I read about it. I listened to it. I read the lyrics, and I'm like. I really like this song and I'll listen to it for all of time, but I don't actually have anything to say about it. No, and I don't really either, except that when I play it, it stays in my head for a really long oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a good song. I just, I don't really, it's not a standout song on the album by any means. Yeah. But no, it's, I think I would really like to actually hear more what, what this song is based in but i don't know there seems to be like speculation and a little bit like there's not a lot of information about it and maybe there just isn't a lot to be said about it i mean i mean lyrically anyway like maybe it's one of those songs that just kind of had a title and then the words filled in otherwise yeah i don't know oh here it's argued that it's merely a self-indulgent romantic stuff so maybe i don't know we'll have to keep listening yeah maybe people can fill us in yeah, hey, that would be really yeah, great. Yeah. If you if you have some insight, then if you, you know, a direct line to Bono or something, yeah, just ring them up and ask them yeah. to, we can conference call. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've got that new FaceTime where we can, like, have multiple people. Right. Yeah, we'll conference. There we go. It could happen. Everything could Maybe happen. we could have, like, a Google Hangout. We could do that. Yeah. So, the, I'm reading as we're discussing, but the lyric i'll be with you now and we lie on a cloud from another time another place yeah that you know his muse has been always most of the time his wife and so that might be her first oh maybe shout out yeah yeah interesting i don't know that's that's a theory right there interesting um okay up next the electrico oh i love this song I do too. I love it a lot. It is like literally electric. It is it so great. Is. And I had such a kick learning about it because again, this was not one that I just really took this one at face value. It's just a really fun live song. Mm-hmm. and never really dove into it. But learning about in Dublin, they had this thing called electro conversion therapy. 
and people would like literally it was like people who were thought were crazy they would (laughs) be sent to this place and like cured through electricity or something (laughs) and I guess uh they were well aware of this going on and wrote a little ditty about it I I had no idea that's what for as many times as I heard that song I I didn't know that's what that was about yeah crazy but I mean I guess shock therapy was a big thing it's like pre pre prozac yeah i don't know i love this song oh me too. and again had no idea what it was about and the thing the interesting thing is again hearing it now like dude you're still singing about right yeah i know it's i had no idea i've heard this song eight million times and before i read that i had no idea what it was about again i just never like, I was so glad that we were doing this and learning more about things. Yeah. It was really interesting. Absolutely. Okay, so um, the next song is Shadows and Tall Trees. I'll pass off to you because I think you have okay. to, I think that you have things to say. I, I do, and I don't yeah. have anything written down. This is off the cuff. Yeah. But so I, when I read this when I was a junior in high school, at the same time, I was, I mean, I'd already been a U2 fan, but I was, I was really like jumping off the deep end kind of. Yeah. Um, at this point, like I was just die hard, and I, it's a chapter in Lord of the Flies, which again, talk about a concept. I mean, there's nothing more mm-hmm. boy than Lord of the Flies, but I, I just remember like, that sounds familiar and then like realizing of course that's what shadows and tall trees that's what that comes from it's a chapter in word of lord of the flies you know i see bono and his gang very much so lord of the flies like just kind of oh absolutely that their group they called the lipton village yeah but just like urchins and you know. Yeah, like they weren't going to grow up. They were going to stay boys. No. And you know Great. what? They've done it. <laughs> <laughs> they they have, but they've also maintained, you know, they're they're not entirely grown up. That's what I mean. They've remained boys. Like they yes, were they have. At, at certain levels of their... Right, right. I hear what you're saying. They're kind of like systemically, systemic youth. Yeah. Going around somewhat responsibly in an adult world. <laughs> yeah oh absolutely but yeah I mean but I also feel like in that same regard I feel like because you know I follow them around and do this stuff all the time yeah it's also giving me a pass on actually growing up too absolutely it's nice yeah but no I I love I love Shadows and Tall Trees um I mean it's kind of I mean it's not the best song on the album but just kind of has a special place in my heart because I love that book. Oh, for sure. And then, I mean, just musically, I mean, it's a great ending to this otherwise pretty big album. And oh, and it's really like it's drum head, like it's not drum heavy, like heavy drums, but it's, I feel like Larry gets to shine in it in a bit. Yeah. But it also is another one of those songs that it almost sounds like a demo. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, when you listen to it, it does not sound finished, which no, generally I, I don't like that. I don't like the songs that sound like that. But the, early on, they were finished. They just don't, didn't have, they just didn't use the technology that they 
used to right now. And when, um, when we hear things now that are like demos and unfinished, we're like, well, that's not great. But we, right. but we took these were on an album and we took them as they were because we knew they were finished and well finished for the album anyway. Right. I have that's the last song of the album. It sure is. I have something else to say about and cat dove okay that i just totally i think i started going there and i don't know i interrupted myself or something but i got sidetracked but that song is just so multifaceted but one of the things that kind of pisses me off about it is that it sounds like the cat the she cat yeah because that's the lyric she cat the she cat is the did the praying in this situation pray not pray <laughs> which that's very <laughs> in you two stuff it's usually the other prey with the a yes with the with the e right but i kind of have a problem like i'm not i'm not trying to get all uh feminist here because i am but i also do think that you two are for the most part yeah too but but to me it's like i'm sorry but if you know if you've sex with someone that maybe it wasn't a ba- it wasn't a good idea at the time Dude, it's not her fault just because you regretted it after. And like to me, the when I hear the song, I think of the cat being the she cat being like the predator. Right. And then I read and Bonner says, well, maybe he was the she cat in that story, but it just kind of struck me as, you know, just because it was a bad idea in the first place, does and you regret it doesn't mean that it was the other person's fault. Like, there wasn't any misdoings there. And I don't know, but it just, to me, it just sounds like, I don't know, there's just an, there's just something in that, that that bothers me. Like, I mean, I'm sure he very willingly went off with the she-cat. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's yeah. that's my take on that. But it, it just a little bit rubs me the wrong way because... You know, just because, I mean, he was with someone that he didn't end up with or whatever, and it was a mistake, but that's not the cat's fault. Right. I guess I just don't go there with it. I just see it as, a, I just see it as, yeah. is what it is. I, I dug too deep, deeper than I should have. That's okay. Dug, and then sometimes but, when we go there, it's hard to come back. <laughs> right. But it, but to me, I don't know, there's, there's something that when he says, you know, she cat, it just kind of. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like that. That said, it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, I have a little issue with But, you know, it's no excuse but boys. There's no excuse for that. But, you know, you have to think about boys that were, you know, trying to fling around their masculinity and everything as boys. Yeah. And to me, I don't know. I so I guess there, I hear that ex- there is an excuse for that attitude just not in today's society right i hear that yes i guess i just didn't i just saw like in my head it's just teenagers and yeah horny and emotions yeah but so the other thing and when they talk about that it being a you know like the album is like a homosexual anthem or whatever it was to in dublin but i mean i think that the times have changed so much that like if that happened today they'd be like yeah okay that's great yeah right I just think that you know again when you're a young 
boy and you you know your masculinity or whatever is your defining characteristic <laughs> yes yeah absolutely and and your most prized possession then you know i guess that could be daunting if that's not the way you wanted to go with that but and i think that's the only thing that stopped me from like they mentioned that over and over again and i think that that kind of you know just the the times have changed that stopped that from being almost offensive to me because it seems like in hindsight it cracks them up yeah absolutely but i mean why not it's a good album i i take it from anyone that would want to make that into an anthem album i take yeah, it right yep absolutely okay uh we did it we did it we talked yeah. all about boy all about boy and we hope that y'all listened all the way through we really do and come find us online we are um on instagram and twitter the both i think both it's the underscore garden tart is that the boat is it the same on both i'm looking on instagram we are for sure the underscore garden tarts and same with twitter okay so find us and tell your friends that that we're funny and not too pretentious (laughs) and if we are (laughs) we can laugh about it yeah this will be more fun when like there's more conversation i agree with there's so many different interpretations and I mean, like, the band probably has, like, they know maybe what's going on. But to hear how it affects other people <laughs> and, yeah. um, oh, like, they know what's going on. But anyway. Right. They don't know what's they going don't know on. what's going on. I don't know. I think it'd be fun to have a conversation. And we'll be back next time talking about, are you surprised what it might be? Are you on the edge of your seats? It's October. October. You might want to give it a listen before. Oh, I need to listen to October <laughs> before yeah. we get there because we're gonna. Yeah, right. Probably a bunch yeah. of times. And this is maybe we should have said this at the beginning. Yeah. Our background. Yeah. We did say we're crazy YouTube fans, but I guess that's all we needed to say. <laughs> Also, we love hearing from people and chatting with people. And of course, we love talking YouTube. So you can drop us a line on Instagram or Twitter at the underscore Garden Tarts. Or you can even email us at wearethegardentarts at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you would share it with your other YouTube-loving friends as well as leave a review for us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. We would really, really love that. May your music be loud and your whiskey be strong. Until next time, cheers.